least mention old Beck. This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes. Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Trista's height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. An hour and 15 minutes away from kickoff of Thursday Night Football and what we pray, what we hope is going to be at least a decent, decent Thursday night game. We'll take that, right? Turn our mics up, Ashew. I feel like when you have all of the games we've had in the NFL on Thursday nights, if you pray for decent, you feel pretty good about it if that comes through. Yeah, I mean, at least it means something for these teams, right? Like, they're both sitting there right at 7-7, and which is kind of hard to believe because the Saints were such big favorites uh, to win the NFC South. And the Rams, uh, like, other than a few of us, nobody expected anything from the Rams. You know, we talked about this in July and in August. We're like, why is McVay coming back? And that's why I was like, you know, maybe we go over on the win total. And we were going back and forth with this because... McVay uh, could have went to the broadcast booth. Also, like, just had a kid, just got married, um, and he's already won the Super Bowl. So I thought, if anything, maybe he goes away for a couple years, then Mm -hmm. he could wait for that right situation, kind of like Sean Payton. Instead, he came back, and now they're a top-10 offense, and since, uh, man, since Williams came back, Kyron Williams, they're trending towards being like a top-five offense right now. So I can't wait to watch this game tonight. Yeah, and Aaron Donald, remember Aaron Donald might have retired, and we were... He wrote a retirement letter, and then they ripped it up or something. There was just a lot of noise around this around this football team. And you're right. Kyron Williams kind of came out of nowhere. Puka Nakua definitely came out of nowhere. Tutu Atwell, who was concussed last uh, last game in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the game. I think he only had one reception. He's been really good, especially before Cooper Cup came back mm-hmm. uh, after that that injury. He was really good. So Tyler Higby's been pretty good. They've got pieces. Yeah, they do. They do. And Matthew Stafford has been so fun to watch this season. You know, I mean, he's just got to be healthy. The offensive line, they're kind of like middle of the road. So we'll see, though, because um, I bet the Saints plus four. We talked about this. Yeah, I think you kind of have to in prime time. I I love the number. I don't know that I love the matchup just because, like, Matthew Stafford, when he's kept clean as a top five quarterback, number Mm -hmm. five right now, when he's under pressure, he's outside the top 30. Um, He's only completing, like, 50% of his passes. And you would think, like, with the Saints' defense, it could be a matchup nightmare for Stafford, but they've just completely fallen off. I mean, a lot of those guys have just gotten older. They've had some injuries, but right now 30th in pass rush win rate, like, they're just not getting pressure. So if Stafford's able to just sit in the pocket all night, I mean, Cooper Cup could go over his receptions. Maybe it's a big night for Puka tonight. Uh, I don't know, but I, I just I worry a little bit about the matchup, but I do like the number, anything over a field goal, because this is a big game. This is, is almost like a playoff game. It tonight. is for both teams, and it's. but honestly, though, I just I couldn't. The way the Rams are playing versus the way the Saints Fair. are playing, I'm just too worried about Derek Carr. And I mean, Derek Carr has been one of the biggest disappointments. I understand Derek Carr isn't somebody that's looked at as like a top 10 franchise quarterback, but he's somebody that I thought would give stability to this Saints offense. Instead, it's been a roller coaster the entire year. And I just have so much trouble trusting in the Saints game after game. And right now, the the Rams look like a team that wants to make the playoffs, that's determined to make the playoffs, and quite honestly would have been talked about as a playoff team had they not had all these injuries these entire this entire year. And you got to think about this too. These guys can also be thinking in their heads, 
this might be our last run together. I mean, you talk about Aaron Donald maybe retiring. What if that happens this offseason? What if Matt Stafford decides to retire this offseason? He's gone through a lot of injuries, and he's hinted at that too. And when people start talking about leaving, when people start talking about retiring, when people start talking about doing something else, it's on their mind, and eventually that's what they go and end up doing. Yeah, I actually, I get why. I totally get why. And I, my gut instinct, if I wasn't betting, would be like if I wasn't a better, I'd be like, oh, I'd look at this game as a sports fan, and I'd be like, yeah, Rams are probably going to cruise. They're probably going to crush them. But that's what Vegas wants you to think. That's why the number's four. And Ryan, Ryan is right. In the primetime spots, these underdogs have been showing up mm-hmm. and showing out. I think I saw something on Twitter the other day. If you would have taken the underdog money line in, I think it's Monday Night Football, Monday Night Football, every single week yeah. and rolled it over, yeah. you'd have like 523000 yeah. at $100 a piece, you'd have like $523,000 or something like that. That's these primetime games, and I think especially in short weeks on the Thursday Night Football, you just really never know who's going to show up and who had a good practice or a couple of practices on that short week, so... I don't know how it could happen. Yeah, and it's funny because... But it could happen, especially... Oh, the one thing that I will say, the one thing that's in Derek Carr's benefit is that the Rams just don't blitz at all. I think fifth lowest blitz rate in the NFL. And Derek Carr, kind of like other quarterbacks in this league, like Geno Smith, clean pocket, no blitz, give him some time, and he finds ways to pick you apart. That's, I think, how this game is closer than we think. Yeah, I agree. And good point about, like, it's the primetime dogs because on Sundays I mean again last Sunday mm-hmm. what do we have three dogs that covered it was another good run for the favorites it's, it's kind of like um, we always joke in college football if you bet the midnight Hawaii game it's the chase game Yes, it's almost like, like for the and we talk about this with Pat every Monday like the primetime games or the standalone Monday Thursday night games are like the chase games for the sports books to get their money back you know because these favorites have been covering on Sundays I feel and then on Monday night in primetime, you never know what you're going to get. But, yeah, I mean, like with the Saints, it's kind of do or die. And like you said, like if Derek Carr is able to throw from a clean pocket, he might have some success tonight. They're going to have to get something going on the bet. ground. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. If Olave was out in this game, I was going to stay away. I bet his receiving yards over 62.5. Yeah, me too. I bet Jamal Williams over 4.5 rushing attempts. Um, I that think actually they're gonna moved have to get... up to five and a half plus 100. I still like that, you know, even with Kamara being healthy. I think that uh, he'll get some carries in this game. I think they're going to have to run the ball. So there's a couple things I like, but um, yeah, Saints small to, uh, Saints are pretty small bet for me tonight just because of the number. It's And again, the unpredictability of a Thursday yeah. night game, too. Yeah. You've been in on the uh, the seven days of parlays. This is my You this made is my another night. one tonight. Do you want to throw what you did tonight? I, I love that you kind of just took this and ran with it. You're like, I mine. I want to do it. Yeah. Mine. I'm coming up with something else. Is it hockey tonight again? Are no. No is hockey horbot? No, no. So we're going back uh, We're going back to the well. We're going right. uh, same game parlay tonight in the National Football League. And uh, actually, Tyler reached out um, like two hours ago, and I was like, oh, forgot, but I do have one for you because tonight – is the big night, guys. It's night four, day four of the seven days of parlays. BetMGM account holders, you're going to receive a token to use on these selected parlays. So now you kind of know the deal by now. You go to the seven days of parlays page. You claim your daily reward. You receive the parlay boost tokens to use on the select uh, parlays and the SGPs, and you score the bigger payout if you win your parlay. So tonight we go to uh, Thursday Night Football, and we actually get a decent matchup. So I like this one tonight. I think this is it. Saints plus four and a half. 
Kyron Williams, anytime touchdown, Love which that. is minus 225 by itself. I actually shop around. I've seen some plus, minus 175s. Really? Yeah, shop around. That's oh, what I got. Okay. Uh, Chris Olave, anytime touchdown. Love it. And then Matthews. What is that? What's, what's the juice on that? Uh, I think that one was plus 115, I okay. want to say. I'll check that up, though. Uh, and then Matthew Stafford, over 224.5 passing yards, and that bumps up to uh, 12 to 1. So Saints wow, plus 4.5. Kyron Williams anytime, Olave anytime, and then Matthew Stafford over on the passing yards. That's an alt number. I think I think the Rams offense is going to have some success. That's what scares me a little bit about the Saints bet. I thought about like doubling up a little bit and going like Rams team total over, but then why not just bet? Why not just go full game over then mm-hmm. if I think the Saints are going to keep this game close? And are the Saints the team that we've seen the last 2 weeks or are they the offense and the team that we saw, you know, the first 12? See, weeks that's what makes this again. It's the, it's how we feel when most Thursday night games but it's it's you can go both sides with like you can justify either direction in a lot of things because of the short week because of the unpredictability and half the time it's big because of the matchups too. But you're right, the Saints like the the fact that it's like they're one team one week and they're another team the other week makes them so much more complicated. Getting Chris Olave out there though is is a, is a major I mean, that's a major boost for them. Where they, like they've got the horses and the ability to keep up with the Rams offense. Oh yeah. They've got big play receivers. Between Olave, Rashid Shahid, those guys can get you chunk yardage Kamara really fast. Kamar is a guy out of the backfield that's just kind of similar to Kyron Williams in a lot of ways. He's a threat as a receiver, he's a threat as a running back, and like they they have some similar pieces, but I just trust Matt Stafford running that offense more than I trust Derek Carr this year. Oh, for sure. It's just all, all, all about a ma- all the matter, I think, for me, is really how the Rams' defense stacks up and whether Derek Carr can continue to be at least serviceable. We've just seen some real stinkers from Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, he's not really pushing the ball down the field this year, obviously. Um, I don't really worry about the offense for the Saints, though. Like, going up against that Rams secondary, they should be able to score enough points. It comes down to are they going to be able to stop uh, the Rams on the defensive side of the ball because, I mean, they just look old this year. And if you get look a super at high-scoring game? I don't – just because it's like Thursday 50, night. I think I, we get like a 51? I thought about going over. I'm going to stay away from the total. I don't know. I don't know what to do with the total here. I mean, just because you never – like you said, you never really know. Last season – uh, in this matchup, Dennis Allen completely shut down the Rams' offense. But I, I went back. That. I watched that game, and Matthew Stafford gets knocked out of that game. Cooper Cup wasn't playing. When did you watch that last? Uh, last night. <laughs> you watched I stayed that, up a little. Bit. What time did you go to bed last night? Like three thirty. Well, I wanted to bet the over in the game, and I went back because I was like five and a half. Yeah, I was like Dennis Allen shut down, but it was a completely different Rams team. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, no Puka. Yeah, no Puka, no Cup in that game. No Kyron, not this version of Kyron. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. I mean, and even like the Saints the last two games, look at the teams they beat, the Giants and the Panthers. Last week against the Giants, less than 300 total yards of offense. So, like, are they back or are the Giants just really bad? And then it's a short week. They have to travel. And like I said, like, I'm more worried about the Saints' defense because they're 30th in pass rush win rate. And I went back and looked at it. They faced the second easiest schedule of offenses. That, I mean, they're not even playing, like, tough offenses. That's the reason everybody liked the Saints and the Niners coming into the season. They played the two easiest schedules. And the Niners have lived up to the hype, but the Saints haven't. But you also know, too, strength of schedule coming into a season doesn't really... Oh, yeah. Like, the, you're oh, going to no, be mean, playing you... one or two teams that's going to end up being better than what their record was last season. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, like, updated rankings as far as, like, right. the offenses that they've seen. I was shocked to see that they faced the second easiest schedule. Because I'm like, what the hell's wrong with the defense? Other than they're getting a little bit older. They've had a couple injuries. You know, having Lattimore healthy for the entire season would probably help. But 
they're not really getting pressure, and that could be terrible against Matthew Stafford. I mean, if Stafford's kept clean, I think he's a top-five quarterback in this league still. If I the, think he's the best quarterback in the NFC when he throws from If the Rams contract. are able to turn over Derek Carr a couple times in this, too, I mean, he's got five picks over the last two games. Yeah. That alone, and it, it was it was last week where he had less than 40 yards passing into the fourth quarter. That's why I want to see, like, a lot of Jamal, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Kamara, even if it's just dump-offs out of the back of the field, out of the backfield, and we'll get that because that's, like, what Derek Carr is doing this season. That's why I laughed a couple weeks ago. They put up the graphic, and it's like, Derek Carr has completed 22 straight passes. Nobody's done this since Drew Brees. It's like every pass is two yards. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was 23 of 28 last week, but I mean, the he Chad averaged 7.8 yards a pass. Yeah. The week before against Carolina, 4.6 yards a pass. Like, yeah. it's I mean, it's the Jameis Winston offense. It's literally yeah. the polar opposite of what they did with Sean Payton at, at you know and Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. It's the uh, the offense is completely opposite from there. I never understood the Dennis Allen like hiring anyway. Other than the fact that it's kind of a bridge coach because nobody else wants that job, they got they're eighty million dollars over the cap next year. Yeah, eighty million dollars. Yeah. And, and I I thought that's why they went with that hire, right? You just kind of like promote from within. He had been there, and you're thinking, okay, we still got some of these guys. We still have a really good defense, and we're in cap hell. But like that's why Sean Payton left. Um, he knew it was coming. Eventually, those but those bills are coming in. And you got to pay them. Instead, they just keep adding. Like they brought in Derek Carr, uh, and so. I don't know. They're, they're one of those teams where we'll see. We'll see what happens the final couple weeks of the season, but they clearly did not live up to the hype. I got a uh, anytime touchdown bet in this game. Who's that? We're going to go Juwan Johnson. Love that. I want to throw it out right now because it's plus 475. Taysom Hill practice this week, uh, but he was limited last Sunday. He had one rush, and he only ran nine routes. So we'll see how healthy he is this week. Johnson's coming off that quad injury, and he's kind of rotating right now. Jimmy Graham's getting a lot of those red zone touches uh, or, you know, um, targets. But I look at the Rams. They've given up seven touchdowns. The tight ends, 30th in the league, and we're getting a plus 475 price, and he's the healthiest he's been all season. So I'm going to go Juwan Johnson, anytime touchdown, plus 475 in this game instead of Jimmy Graham. I will see your Juwan Johnson. And I will raise you a Jimmy Graham anytime touchdown plus yeah. six fifty. I took it simply. Well, when you like you said about tight ends, both of these teams have trouble against tight ends. In fact, even though the Saints, by the way, as like an aside, even though the Saints are an uglier, less flashy team than the Rams, you might think that they have like nothing in common. If you look up their stats and points per game, points allowed per game rush percentage versus pass percentage they're about exactly equal yeah. i was digging in i was like wow these two teams are somewhat identical and you talk about the tight end position a lot of tight ends uh getting into the end zone jimmy graham six receptions four of those have been touchdowns mike detillier put us up on game last night and i decided to take that by itself and not in a parlay because i can't have that killing me yeah but if if two-thirds of your targets and your receptions are touchdowns i kind of have to do it at plus plus 650. Uh, Another tight end that I also like, Tyler Higbee. Anytime touchdown, plus 350. Um, Tight ends just getting busy against the the New Orleans Saints as well. Fourth most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Uh, Tyler Higbee over 12.5 yards longest reception as well. That's a super soft number, I think, as well. Minus 125. I like uh, Tyler Higbee over 40 yards receiving. I think that's actually plus money, plus 120. I am all over the tight ends tonight. Yeah, I like that look. 
I like that look a lot, actually. There's something nostalgic about watching Jimmy Graham catch a touchdown for the Saints. Mm-hmm. See, I it's hate like, it. What year is it? Here? Yeah, is a Packer what? fan. Oh, because yeah, well, you guys yeah, we have got rid of White Lightning for him, man. I mean, Jordy yeah. Nelson, and then you bring in the corpse of Jimmy Graham, and then four years later, get over it. Five Ryan. years later, now get he's get over it. Guy was more concerned about flying airplanes when he was in. <laughs> Amanda <laughs> must be so bored. <laughs> Week 16 fantasy and props with James Co. Next, it's BetMGM tonight. It's time for our hosting trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Doing big things for the Bucks. Baker and the Bucks. Yeah, it's going to go to Baker Mayfield for me. But yeah, you've got to be, you've just got to be smarter with the football at this time of year. You want to be trending in the right direction and playing your best football this season. And Jacksonville's just kind of sitting there. And I think you nailed it, which is are the Jags serious contenders? Kind of on paper, because it looks like they can beat virtually anyone. And they do have a franchise quarterback and they have weapons and they have a good head coach. But until we see it, all they are is. You know, it's like Bill Parcell said back in the day. You are what your record says you are. And the Jaguars are a good team, but they are not a great team. And now we're getting to the point of the season where, look, you don't have a whole lot of time to sort of fix these glaring errors and become so much better. You can, but you got to do it right now. You don't want to go into the postseason limping. No, of course not. Um, I'm looking at their schedule, and I'm trying to justify this statement in – I'm not sure if the Jags can compete with the cream and the crop mm-hmm. because you look at that game. Uh, this was back in September. Maybe not a good example. Chiefs beat them 17-9. to They got absolutely smoked by the 49ers, which most teams do. But I think they're only, like, really solid win this year. And, like, all wins are solid. I should, you know, quantify my statement there. But looking at that game against the Texans in which the Texans actually had C.J. Stroud, because that's the other thing about the AFC South. Now the Jags look like they have a clean pathway because the Texans don't have C.J. Stroud, although the Texans did win over the weekend against my Titans. So I'm not sure. I always want to believe in the Jags because there's been years past where they have played the Chiefs closely, and you know sometimes their defense over the past decade has really got them uh, you know, into some big games, notably those years that they had Blake Bortles at the helm. But still, I don't yeah. know. I feel like the Jags are one of those teams that, I don't know, they're just meh. So, man, yes, sir. If he's a game manager, uh-huh. what is Russell Wilson? Oh, he's a game destroyer. <laughs> game destroyer. He's a game, he's a game destroyer. Just ask Sean Payton. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. you, you saw what Sean felt about uh, about Russell after that offside play uh, there, there late in the game. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. 
Russell Wilson is a is a game destroyer, and uh, and Zach Wilson takes the game out of the you know like back. Remember, kids, there was a time you had to put the game in the into console. the machine, <laughs> yeah. into your PlayStation or your Nintendo. You had to put it in. He takes it out, smashes it on the ground a few times, and then just looks at you like. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because that's what happened with the New York Jets today. I don't know what you get for Justin Fields, though, right? It's what whatever a team is willing to pay. I mean, that's yeah. The Fields you get Bears, a second round pick. I can't get it. You're going to get you're going to get a first round pick for Justin Fields. I don't think so. No, second, I would think second, third. I mean, it's the big unknown. Like Chicago controls, they control so much because, like you said, they're going to have the number one pick and what they decide to do. I just cannot see them. Two straight years sticking with Justin Fields instead of trying to go and get their quarterback. We both agree. We think Fields could turn out to be a really good player, but I don't know, JP. I mean, if Drake May or Caleb Williams turns out to be an absolute monster like most think he will, I mean, they're going to they're gonna regret that forever. So even if The thing about it is it's like the whole bird in hand thing, right, is that you kind of know what you have with certain guys like Justin Fields, Sam yep. Howell, and it's 50% at best for even the top picks. So we kind of know going in, Drake May, Caleb Williams, one of those guys is probably going to bust. Right. Right. That's what we're seeing right now with C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, and it's just the history of it. You can go through the drafts, like one of two is probably going to bust. Holding a Bengals minus three ticket holder. Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. Look at that. The Pistons up three on the Jazz right now. This could be the only game they win in the next 15 games. So this is the one for them. There's nine Utah Jazz players out tonight, yeah. including Laurie Markinen. They made the Detroit Pistons a one-and-a-half-point favorite, shockingly. And I, I personally think the Jazz still win this game. I bet the Pistons, so I hope they don't. Second night of a back-to-back for the Jazz, who screwed me last night. So, yeah, you're right. The Jazz will win this game, mm. but I, I went oppo, oppo taco on that one, and I took the Pistons. I said, this this is the night. This is the night. Really- they're going to win another game this season, it's going to be tonight. And then I took some uh, Orlando Magic, 8.5 against the Bucks. That went from 7.5 to 8.5. And so I had to grab a little Orlando. We could talk about that later, though. we got plenty of time. 40 minutes till that starts. It's just crazy to think we're talking about the Pistons and them winning five games this year. I mean, their win total was at nine and a half, and you look at that and go, I can't find ten wins no. on their schedule this year. They're that bad of a team. It's Wait, their un- win total was nine and a half? It was down. There, there was a nine and a half win total out there for a while, yeah. For the year? For the season. Yeah. Yeah. So the Lions' updated win total was higher than the Pistons. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes, is, there's a lot of NFL teams that have league, that. Man, hashtag wow. this league. Hashtag the ultimate tank. I mean, Nine I'd say they're tanking, half? but they're not tanking. They're just really, really bad. That would be the worst team in league history, I believe. Uh, well, yeah, the worst record. The fewest <laughs> amount of wins was 10. The worst yeah. The worst winning percentage was the Bobcats in one of those lockout shortened seasons where they won like eight games or something, I think is what it was. Yeah. They had a well over winning percentage. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Pistons may they may just surpass all of that. So, James Coe jumps on with us, Reception Perception Podcast, in his usual spot. How are you, my friend? Every Thursday, the lights look good behind you. Everything's set, <laughs> pristine, ready to go. You know, 
Don't gas him. Oh, this is, I, I, I'm, listen, <laughs> I, I very much appreciate people's home studios when they take care of their backdrops and it looks good. Because when people don't pay attention to details, it drives me insane. So you, sir, I will compliment it every single week. It's very good. That being said, I feel like this game could actually be at least semi-good. We joke a lot, right, about these Thursday night games, short week. There's a lot of questions about who's going to do what, who's going to be prepared, who's not. At least from an individual player perspective, whether you're looking at it for fantasy in the playoffs right now or the props market, we got a lot of guys that have at least the potential to put up some serious numbers tonight. Yeah, it's a really good, uh, interesting matchup, certainly between two teams that, uh, again, defensively have been a little bit up and down. The Saints, I think, have been known really for, for so many years to be a run-stopping unit, and really over the last two months, that's just not been the case. Meanwhile, the Saints, of course, on their offensive line, a bunch of injuries up and down the board. Not great when you're looking at Aaron Donald across the way, so he could be a little bit of a game record, but could have some trickle-down effect on Alvin Kamara, too. I think he's going to have a pretty big receiving day. What about the the emergence of Kyron Williams? How do you think he gets used here? I mean, he's been his running prop, I think, or a rushing prop earlier this week was like eighty eight and a half. It's now ninety one and a half. We had Mike Detillier, the coach himself on from New Orleans last night. He thinks they're gonna be able to shut a Kyron Williams down like they did Saquon Barkley. I am dubious, James. I think he could get busy in the <laughs> receiving game and the rushing game. Uh, what do you see in this matchup? Yeah, it is it is interesting because, again, I think the Saints' rush defense has a little bit more, you know, they've been great historically, but over the last two months, they really have not been good. And as a matter of fact, I've seen the player prop, rushing prop for Kyron uh, drop down to 87.5 in some spots there, and I love that number. Look, he's been over 87.5 in five straight games. He's had 110-plus rushing yards in four of his last five. Now, we talk about the Saints' rush defense, and again, when we're talking about, you know, again, historically have been just fantastic. But over the last, you know, again, two months, this is a, a unit that's been giving up a lot of production. They're fourth worst in explosive run rate. They're bottom 10 uh, when we're talking about yards per carry, yards after carry, yards before carry, bottom 10 in all of those categories. And, and again, meanwhile, Kyron Williams uh, has been running really, really hard. I think what I've been most impressed by, guys, is the fact that Sean McVay has changed up his run scheme entirely. I mean, it used to be exclusively outside zone run scheme. Right now, they're running a lot of gap. I mean, they're running between the tackles, and they're running really, really hard, and I think Kyron Williams has really benefited. I'd be, again, I would be surprised if he was under 90 rush yards this game. Oh, yeah. James, uh, the last three games, Cooper Cup's kind of went back to being Cooper Cup. Uh, he's had at least eight targets. He's had a touchdown in each game. What are you looking at with him tonight? Because obviously this is a really good matchup for tight ends, for Higby going against the Saints, but slot receivers too. And Cup's lined up in the slot on two-thirds of his routes. So I expect him uh, to probably have a big game along with the tight ends for the Rams tonight too. Yeah, listen, the Saints have been extremely stingy on outside wide receivers, and as a result, it's created a little bit of a pass funnel to the inside. To where? Tight ends and slot receivers, as you guys mentioned. Uh, I look at Cooper Cup over five and a half receptions, and I just love that line, man. Five and a half receptions for Cooper Cup. Listen, he has he's had eight, eight, and six receptions over his last three games. M like I said, much easier matchup in the slot. It's a funnel down there anyways, and Cooper Cup and Stafford have been, again, reignited that bromance guy so I love Cooper Cup over five and a half today 
James, I hear a rumor that you've been doing a deep dive into uh, Jets Commanders this weekend, which, first off, you're doing God's work by even taking the time to look at something like that. Secondly, as a Commanders fan myself, I'm praying it's a loss because we don't need wins anymore at this point in the season. I feel like this is a good spot for Garrett Wilson to go off, considering Washington's secondary is just a slump buster for everybody's offense. Do you like him this weekend? I do. I like Garrett Wilson a lot. Uh, again, when we take a look at his numbers across the board, it's just, look, you talk about a slump buster. It's funny, right? Because it's the Jets pass offense versus the commander's pass defense. I call this a toddler pillow fight. Man, this is, it's the worst versus the worst. I mean, there, there can't be a softer matchup going up against each other, man. It's like, it's like two cooked noodles just slapping into each other here. It's absolutely <laughs> terrible. And, but again, when we take a look at this, though, I get, I get excited about these kind of down and dirty matchups, man, because something crazy is going to happen. And I do really like Garrett Wilson uh, to pop off in this matchup. Meanwhile, on the other side, uh, again, I thought we found a little something with Jacoby Brissett, but Washington seems really hesitant to go in that direction for some reason. And as a result, I think Terry McLaurin uh, might get locked up here by the Jets. You know, the Jets have allowed the fewest receptions and yards to outside wide receivers over the last eight weeks. This despite the fact that they got lit up by Jalen Waddle last week, right? So they have been incredibly good. McLaurin's line of 51 and a half um, this week looks low. But sadly, I think I'll take the under there. He's been under 51 and a half receiving yards in four of his last five games. Ooh-wee! I want to talk about this Lions-Vikings game. You've got TJ Hawkinson sort of in a revenge spot. Sam Laporta, who has just become the best rookie tight end that I've seen in a long time. Just a very fun matchup. I saw the Vikings blitzing at a higher rate than anyone else in the NFL right now. How does their defense impact the props to you for the Lions and and like where does that funnel to yeah so the Lions again have been a a relatively soft pass defense but I think on the ground they've been really really tough right so you take a look at the uh, Detroit Lions against the run and 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 they're you know top 10 top three as a matter of fact in yards per carry allowed to running backs over the last eight weeks they're top 10 in yards after carry uh they're top 10 in yards before contact as well so a really tough rush defense do the lions have but again i think on when we're talking about some of the you know a little bit more no name you know uh secondary players they've got over there in detroit i won't go so far as to say they're kirkland brand okay but they're a little bit more no name uh dudes there in detroit uh, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that's where you want to attack if you're Minnesota. And quite frankly, I don't think Mullins looked terrible in that game. I don't, I didn't, I didn't love him there either. But he does have a really good complement uh, of pass catchers to get that passing game moving. And if Detroit is funneling you that way, I do like the player props for some of the receivers there on Minnesota's side. What about on the Lions side? You talk about Jared Goff being a little bit shaky on the road. This one's indoors, though. Like, what players for the Lions do you like? Um, Again, I would like Jamison Williams if he just wasn't such a project. <laughs> I think Minnesota has been getting burned by outside wide receivers. Uh, and again, we just saw T. Higgins go off on these guys, right? Two touchdowns scored for T. Higgins, eight targets, four grams, and 61 yards. Um, so again, I would I want to lean somewhere there on the outside, you know, whether we're talking about Reynolds or JMO there, but you know, the offense, you know where it's going. You know, it, it's gonna be it's it, it's gonna be Amara St. Brown, right? You know it's gonna be Sam Laporta, and basically 
like Jared Goff has a, a, a real trouble kind of throwing outside the numbers. That's why those guys, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta, have been doing well because they work on the inner, uh, the intermediate Gibbs and middle well. part of the fields. Yeah, exactly. Gibbs too. So yeah, I, I like those players because again, Detroit doesn't really give you a lot of sleepers. You know, you know what you're going to get with those guys. Uh, James, the Eagles offense struggling a little bit right now. Do you think this is a good get-right spot going against the Giants who, I mean, the Tommy DeVito experience was fun for a couple weeks. He kind of came back down to earth. What do you like in this game between uh, Giants and Philly where now Philly's out to be in a 13-and-a-half-point favorite? Yeah, and, and for that reason, I think I like some of the passing assets there uh, for New York. I, I get it, you know. It, they look bad against New Orleans, but New Orleans' pass defense, again, really, really good. Uh, I love, 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 love Darius Slayton. I can't actually believe the line's this low. 265 for Darius Slayton right now. Philly's bottom eight in both receptions and yards allowed to outside wide receivers. Slayton at 26.5 seems awfully low. By the way... You know, I talk about funnels everywhere, and certain teams have certain pass funnels. That's not the case with Philadelphia. They're just bad everywhere. They're bad on the outside. They're bad on the inside. These guys are just completely lost right now. They went from the penthouse to the outhouse in regards to their cornerback play compared last year, comparing last year to this year. That's why I really like Wandale Robinson, too. 30 and a half. I think it's a really good number. Um, uh, they're, they're terrible on the outside, but they're really bad on the inside, too, and I think Wandale Robinson and certainly at least two weeks ago saw built up a little bit of chemistry with, uh, with, with Tommy Cutlets, okay? Trademark to be soon, I guess, <laughs> Tommy Cutlets. Uh, but, yeah, I like both Wandale Robinson and Darius Slayton in this one. And I'm surprised he actually hasn't trademarked that yet, although maybe it's in the works and we just don't actually know about it. Talking to James Coe, bet MGM tonight. If Tyreek Hill can't go for the Dolphins this weekend, obviously against – Look, yeah. a Cowboys team that's got a very potent offense there. Kind of feel like Jalen Waddle's the guy you lean to. But is there anybody that you could you would see that maybe could have a breakout performance there, maybe get some more touches, get some more targets, more opportunity for Miami if Tyreek Hill is out again? Because it's crazy to think, man. Like, that, that offense really didn't skip a beat against that Jets defense last week without Tyreek Hill. And it really was surprising because, again, I, I laid out some of the numbers from the Jets. Uh, they just shut you down on the outside, especially at outside wide receiver. So you're thinking this might be a slow day for Jalen Waddle, but they just kept feeding him targets, and he was absolutely lighting these boys up. You talk about where can the ball go because it's got to go somewhere. I just think they're going to run the ball. Uh, I think Dallas has been a little bit, you know, up and down with their rush defense, uh, certainly in, in recent weeks. And, and I think for me, I think they're going to just try to run that ball. I think there might be a lot more targets to, to Devin Achan, uh, a lot more targets to, to Mostert. They don't really incorporate too many players in this offense. You know, they've got a staple. They've got their, 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 their you know, bread and butter plays, and they just go to that over and over and over again and dare you to stop it. And certainly when you take a look at the Jets, I thought they were going to stop it, and they couldn't. I don't think that Dallas has the personnel to, to stop it either. Yeah, that was crazy. I don't know if you saw that hard knocks where Mike uh, McCarthy was like, hey, I see a one-pass one, uh, drive here with Jalen Waddle, 70-something yards, right. calls it right before it happens. Joe Mixon's prop set at just 47.5 yards. Jamar Chase separated shoulder. Steelers have given up 68 or more yards to four running backs in the last three games. 16 running backs have hit this number against them this year. Like, are you worried about the last two performances for Joe Mixon, eight for 16 in the first games against Pitt, or do you like him to, to hit this prop here? 
No, I like him to hit this prop. I, I think the Steelers just in general have kind of sort of given up on the season. And and again, you, you take a look at some of the effort level across the board. Uh, the, the vibes are all wrong in the Steel City, man. I think Pittsburgh has literally given up uh, on the season. So, yeah, I really like uh, Cincinnati to kind of sort of come through um, and do their thing this week. And, and what they're going to do, again, with no Jamar Chase, they have to lean on the run game. I know they're going to throw a requisite number of bomb shots over to T. Higgins, but I think the, 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 the staple of this offense has to kind of be short and underneath. Uh, what I've been really impressed by, actually, uh, with the Cincinnati coaching staff is their a, a ability to kind of sort of adapt on the fly and change their game plan to the personnel that they have. Uh, and they've been really good at that this year. I think they do that again against Pittsburgh I think they jump out to a nice comfortable I mean even a nine point even a seven eight point lead against Pittsburgh feels really comfortable with the way their offense is performing right now I think Mason Rudolph I don't do the fans there in Pittsburgh have like collective like a Mandela effect there in Pittsburgh like what's going on did you guys not see Mason Rudolph before he stinks He's absolutely awful. Why are they calling for Mason Rudolph to come back in? It's gonna be it's gonna be a train wreck. Uh, it's gonna be an absolute dumpster fire offensively for Pittsburgh. I honestly, honestly, I really think that Cincinnati needs to score about thirteen points to win this game. I mean, when you think about it, it's a fan base that's used to having stability at quarterback. So when you don't have that stability, you're looking for any sort of hope, any sort of. I mean, it's crazy to look at the Steelers and where they are now. It's talking about them missing the playoffs and losing the locker room all that it here we are this is where pittsburgh finally is james co reception perception good podcast stuff, james. good talking to you man hey always great time i'd actually probably throw packer fans in there too the packers you don't, you don't know what it's like to have a instability of yeah but we know we know pain and torture <laughs> yeah, that's though. true and we live in wisconsin <laughs> Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. And I was live on air. And the emotional swings that you see as oh, a sports better. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, and this is over. I was like, oh, wait, we have life. Oh, wait, this is interesting. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and I was so happy to have pushed. I've never been more excited to make no money before. <laughs> yeah, well, it was an little, emotional yeah. roller coaster, but it was so fun. It was a perfect game to remind you of two things. One, why you're a fan of football, and two, why you're a fan of sports betting.
All right, hit us on your thoughts on Josh Allen. Well, just like we're not going to do like the full MVP stuff today, probably, but, but we should talk about it a little bit when we do San Francisco and, and Baltimore. We'll obviously talk about it a bunch, probably. But just, uh, you know, like there's, look, I this time of year, all I'm doing is just listening. Like a, the time for me thinking is kind of past. And it's just like, all right, like the, the, the papers are due, the tests are due. Like, what's everybody's answer? And like, what are they saying? And whether you like this answer or not, and you're listening, I kind of think this is where we're at. Uh, I think a lot of people... And I think that trickles down to people who vote think that if Josh Allen wins the next three games, he's going to win most valuable player. And it's just worth keeping in mind that this is the first game. So again, Brock Purdy's price was going to told you three weeks ago, he's the price most likely to drop. Look at the schedule. He's the safest case to make. And huge win Seattle, huge win Arizona. Those were expected by the market. Now what's expected by the market? Like, are, is there, are there any like auto wins coming up for any of the candidates? Well, Brock Purdy doesn't have one anymore. They're playing Baltimore on Christmas night. That is not a coin flip game. It is a still a, like a potential win for the Niners, but this isn't like 13, 14 against Arizona. And so if you're like, all right, like, is there a, someone who can gain momentum? And you already see a bunch of people, like prominent media people tweeting, if Allen, anybody can be ahead right now. If Allen wins all three, he wins. Okay. This is game number one. They're 11 and a half against the Chargers. They host the Patriots the week after. Host them. What's that number? Great. You're already in the last week of the season. They're playing Miami for the division title. So just like, again, if people, I'm just listening. And people, a lot of people seem to start to be saying, oh, that's a terrible sentence. A lot of people seem to be saying he wins the three. You know what that three. sentence was? abominable a lot of people seem to be making this case like i i wish i was on it earlier but like you got just listen like people are saying this well a i'd say i think he's playing exceptionally well right now his location his timing his accuracy i think all that's been you know really outstanding and, and he's made some throws in the face of you know some pretty good heat at times and and is able to stick the ball in there. He throws the ball from a lot of different, you know, arm angles, can make that off-platform throw. So he's been a really good player in our league for a long time. We came out the same year and senior bowl, all that, all that stuff. And so remember him in the senior bowl getting a guard. And I still got some skin missing on my shin because of the cleat that went to my shin. And one time in Oakland, he gets there so fast, it's a quick game. You're about to throw the ball and he still hits you. We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Well, that's a hell of a story. Hell of a story from Derek Carr on uh, Aaron Donald. And yeah, I think Aaron Donald's probably taken the skin off quite a few people's bodies throughout his NFL career. He's a mean dude. <laughs> yeah, he is. You know, he, uh, that's what I like about Aaron Donald. His tackle prop tonight, three and a half first, I think, nine out of ten games. He had four or more tackles. He hasn't had that in two games straight. I think it's he's due, especially considering we talked about this earlier. They're going to want to use Alvin Kamara, run the ball. I think his uh, he had 16 attempts last week. Number's 13 and a half tonight. So, if they're running the ball, I could see Aaron Donald racking up some tackles. Yeah, primetime spot. I definitely wouldn't bet the under. No. There's Alvin Kamara right there. Rocking a Phillies hat. <laughs> you this Phillies guy? I this don't always think my, so. This is always, sorry, this is always my favorite part of the broadcast. I just really like the interviews. <laughs> what? 
Well, only the Thursday night interviews or all just, of them? Just the Thursday night one? Do you like the Thursday well, night Well, I, I mean, I love uh, Aaron Andrews and Aaron Rodgers having the same conversation hey. three times every season and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I, these are usually pretty good. You mean the Thursday ones? Uh, Thursday, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think Taylor Rooks does a tremendous job. I think she's uh, 1A. 1A, 1A huh? as far as reporters. Yeah, Not like... Never mind. She does a great job. I like her interviews. She gets the most out of the out of the. It's uh, gonna go with a different the, letter. Uh, interview people. Hey, really quick before we get into <laughs> this game, I, I think I think you guys should applaud me for not I, saying that. Can I throw out a quick bet that I have that I've already given yep. out, but I want to give it out one more time because yeah. every night it's a new audience, especially Thursday night football. Uh, we got a bowl game tonight, guys, and the number kind of gone, but it's still there a little bit. Uh, if that makes any sense, we got South Florida. Doesn't. I still like them plus three, but they were three and a half when we gave this out a couple weeks ago. They have no opt outs. Uh, Syracuse, they got a bunch going on. Garrett Schrader's not going to play in this game. They're starting quarterback. Kyle McCord hit the transfer portal. He's actually going to go to Syracuse, but Dino Barbers has been fired. So I like USF in this game, actually. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. They run the ball like 56% of the time. Their quarterback's really good. Byron Brown. And so uh, you look at his numbers, he's averaging six yards per carry. So uh, I like USF still at plus three. Maybe you wait and bet that thing live, though. Nice. But three and a half was the number. I would roll with you if I could. I have a same game parlay I haven't given out yet. Are you guys ready for yeah, it? Yeah, I should give out one of mine, too, here before these numbers move. Yeah, well, the numbers are moving. Yeah, let's this, do it. This parlay, let me just preface this by saying this parlay pays out. Actually, let's play guess the guess the odds. Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup. We talked about rushing, or we talked about uh, slot receivers really getting busy against the Saints, and that being the one spot that their defense funnels you to. That's like you said, Ryan. Two thirds of the time, that's where Cooper Cup is lining up. So Cooper Cup, sixty yards receiving. Uh, Tyler Higby. We talked about tight ends. Uh, also having a great matchup against the Saints. Tyler Higby, forty yards receiving. Kyron William. Getting busy in the receiving game. 20 yards receiving. Mm. Puka Nakua. We talked to, what was that gentleman's name last Travis night? Rogers. Travis Rogers. I'm so bad remembering name. Travis Rogers gave us plenty of insight. But he always he said that there's always one Puka drive. And if it happens early, it'll happen even more often than you think. So Puka Nakua, he's a yards guy, not a reception guy. So 50 yards receiving for him. So Cooper Cup 60. Tyler Higby 40. Kyron Williams 20. Puka Nakua 50. And Tyler Higby, anytime touchdown. Higby's the it's gonna Tyler be Higby, Higby night tonight. Anytime touchdown. Why don't you guys guess the odds? I'm gonna go uh plus fourteen fifty. Twelve fifty. Forty one to one. Damn. Damn. Really? Forty one to one. I like that. Man, that's just some great value. I yeah. think it's all because of the Tyler Higby, because it's plus three fifty for Tyler Higby just to get an anytime touchdown. I love the Higby look. I like the Higby look. I like the Cooper Cup look. I like both of those tonight. Yeah. I think both of those guys are gonna have some success. I don't want to jinx it, though, because I got a lot of Cooper Cup props tonight. Yeah, Cooper Cup and uh, Kyron Williams are like, if, they, if either one of them has a bad night, it's going to be a bad night for, for me. And I feel Agreed. like probably everybody on this set, yep. if we're being honest here. I have a little more, a less aggressive one than yours, but it's kind of, it's still alternate numbers for the most part. It's only three legs. Kyron Williams, 110 or more rushing yards. Love it. Which, I mean, he's had at least 114 in four of his last five games. Yep. And really, everything else has been 120, 150. Like, he's gone way over that number. Chris Olave, 60-plus receiving yards. And just over two and a half rece- uh, receptions for Rashid, she- Rashid Shahid. It's love always it. hard to say. Plus 625. I love that. So it's – I love the low receptions Same. for Rashid Shahid in this, too, because – that every once in a while, if you can get a guy, like, I know he doesn't, he, he teeters around three to four receptions a game, so it's not like it's a number where he's going to, 
Like, I'm worried that is the one that ruins the parlay only because of the fact that he made it just finishing with, like, two catches for 35 yards, you know? Yeah. yeah. But that that that's the only thing there. But Kyron Williams really has been, like, he has now become, you know, there's, like, four or five just every single week, right? Players. Prime you Jonathan take the same, Taylor. Yeah. Like, you just, you just know every single week, every once in a while it's not going to hit, but you take the same thing every single week. And it's always now Kyron Williams. It's Christian McCaffrey rushing, receiving, mm-hmm. or maybe just one. That's that's who Alvin Kamara was for a long time too. I did take the over on uh, receiving yards for Alvin Kamara in this, but like he's not. He's now kind of past that peak in his career. Kyron Williams has taken over and looks the way Alvin Kamara used to in his prime. Speaking of Kyron Williams rushing, I also have a, a small same game parlay as well that includes Kyron Williams rushing yards. Kyron Williams, a hundred plus rushing yards. Cooper Cup anytime touchdown, Kyron Williams anytime touchdown plus five thirty. Ooh, I like that a lot too. Just real small, mm-hmm. just like uh, three things that are two of those are already minus money. Kyron Williams is the big plus yeah. money or so, slightly plus money. I think it was like plus one thirty five or plus one forty for hundred yards rushing because his number is like ninety one rushing yep, yards, ninety one and a half. Which yep. is kind of funny because you look at where it's set and you look at what he's done, yeah, and you go, God. Like, I would probably take – what would be the – I mean, I know we've taken alternate numbers here, but what would be the highest rushing yard total that you would take the over on for Kyron Williams in this game One, at the minus 110 number? Oh, at minus 110? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like, you know, not the alternates. But, like, if they set it at – 95. 95. Something like that. Yeah, he's been – I mean, he's been awesome, man. Um, He's been really good. I think he's going to be a top – Three fantasy player next season. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say he might be one of the he might be one of the top backs taken next year. Nakua and Kyron came out of nowhere. If you got them in fantasy, you're probably winning your league. That is very very true, and that's how you win fantasy leagues anyway. Waiver wire, waiver yeah. wire, the back end of the draft. Yeah. What do you think about his receiving yards at 17 and I a half? I love that. Kyron? I love. Yeah. No, I have over 19 and a half right, receiving got, yards as well. You took I the love alternate? that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did take it. I think I took the over rushing and receiving in one spot too. So yeah, that was like 120 or something. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a higher number, but again, like he could surpass that just in rushing yards alone. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. I, yeah. hate, I always hate doing this in these standalone games. Yeah, because we sit here and we've got everything set and planned. Yeah. And you know how this works, and then all of a sudden you go, "Where's Where's Kyron Williams?" And Logan? I would say this too: if he's having success, and that, and say he has like 30, 30 rushing yards after the first quarter, just jump on the live number. So mm-hmm. I jumped on the live number. He had, I think, he had forty yards in the first quarter. Last week, yeah, and I jumped on him to have. I think the number at one point was like 122, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he's definitely he's he's getting 150 rushing yards today," and he hit it quite easily. I think it was like 135 rushing yards that he ended up having. 136. This was like which which one was last it? Last week. Uh yeah, he finished with a 152. 152, yeah. yeah, and I grabbed it live. So if you don't already have Kyler Williams props, or maybe you do. Just kind of wait and see. It's a great live betting opportunity as well. The yeah. one thing to keep in mind with him, though, as a receiver the last two weeks, just technically two total yards. He had three yards receiving against Washington, yep. but he ran all over them. So, I mean, why wouldn't they just want to eat clock? And then the week before that against Baltimore in that loss, he had four, uh, three catches on four targets for negative one. Scary. So, it's very but scary. Before that, 24 the and 61. Is, the yeah. matchup is beneficial. Yes. So, yes. I like to go a combination of, like, momentum or you could say also do theory and the matchup. If the matchup mm-hmm. suits the player, I would I kind of like lean more towards that than what they've been doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna add a couple more things. All right. Saints plus four and a half. I found so we're gonna play that a little bit. Nice. 
So it's going to be an uncomfortable night if things are going bad. I apologize. <laughs> all right. Chris Olave, we're going to play it one more time. Over 63 and a half receiving yards. I just worry about how healthy he is or else this is a nightmare matchup for the Rams. So I'm going to play that again really small. And then I'm also going to play Cooper Cup. First touchdown score for the Rams. Not first touchdown in the game. So the odds aren't as juicy, but Kyron mm. Williams is plus 250 and Cooper Cup is 5-1. to one. So I'll Oh, take I like a, that a I'll lot. I'll take a shot with Cup to score the first touchdown for the Rams. But I love Olave yards tonight. I like the Jamal Adams, even if it's 5.5, over 5.5 carries. And I guess now I love the Saints. I love the number. Love, I love the Saints. I mean, desperation spot. They need this one. Imagine being the Saints. All that money that you spend, not even on just Derek Carr, and you're in the NFC South. You look at your schedule, second easiest in the league, or easiest depending when you're looking, and you can miss out on the playoffs to the, I mean, Atlanta, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay with Baker Mayfield, who's coming off a perfect QBR at Lambeau Field, second quarterback ever to do it. Crazy, man. Thing is, though, you talk about desperation. A lot of pressure tonight. Desperation for Rams, too. It's two desperate teams. Yep. Yeah, the Rams, Rams are, are kind of like playing with house money, though, don't you think? They are. I I mean, now they. I mean, I guess there were lower expectations. I mean, I thought they were a playoff team coming into this year, and I get it. I, I, I clearly like Travis said last night. It was like, okay, yeah, you're one of the few that actually felt more. Like I felt like this was a playoff team. The injuries kind of ruined that for a while for them. But sitting at seven and seven, what they've dealt with this year, I, I get that. Like the mindset of like, okay, they didn't come in. But some of it, too, is you're comparing this Rams team to a Super Bowl-winning team, so you go, okay, well, of course, they're not going to look as good as the team that won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. The Saints go out and get Derek Carr. So I can see what you mean where there's more pressure maybe on the Saints. Yeah. But I, the Rams still, like, this team wants to still make the playoffs. I mean, it's not like Sean McVay's out there coming back just for the hell of it. And like, they're a better team. The Rams are a better yes. team than the Saints. Yes. They are. Yeah. I just think the price is crazy. And remember, we're the Rams, like, too, The look-ahead was one. Now we're out to four. The Rams so also have a tiebreaker over New Orleans, too. Uh, in the standings, yeah. in the playoff standings. So yeah. there's a lot riding just on this for both of these teams. There's so much riding on this game that you know what I'm going to do. What are you going to do? Jamal Williams' first touchdown, 18 to 1. 18 to 1 for my guy, Jamal. Because Jamal Williams is going to think of Pokemon and run into the end zone. And is that the, that's not the handicap? I don't know. I don't just, know. just for the hell of it? I don't know. He's he's a big, we're big fans of Jamal and the Horvath house. I'm loving this, by the way. It's like Santa Horvy. He came down the chimney and there was like one gift in the bag. Yep. Yeah. And now there's like 30 bets <laughs> in the sack. Just no, kidding. Yeah, I have another. Hey, it's Christmas. These presents he like, are gonna... He's going back up the chimney. He's like, and another thing. I'll give you 17 more gifts. 18 to 1 for Jamal. Come on now, Jamal. <laughs> Don't let me down. Can I baby. interest you in a Taysom Hill first touchdown? No. All right, fine. It's no. better GM than I. He's been injured. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM Tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL.